You are listening to episode 51. This episode is brought to you by my new course, How to Dominate LinkedIn with Your Personal Brand. Do you feel like when you're on the LinkedIn platform, you're not really sure how to actually navigate it? Does it feel clunky or confusing? And do you have all these connections, but you're not sure how to really leverage those connections and how to really show up virtually in presenting your personal brand? Well, that is what this course is about because since September, I've gone from 1,500 connections to about 8,000 connections on LinkedIn. Not only that, I've gotten clients through my content and people have actually reached out to me to speak for virtual speaking engagements. So if this is something that you would really like to capitalize on and take advantage of, and learn about, then this course is definitely for you. And you can learn about it more uh, in my show notes and I will have the link to the waitlist just for you. And now on with the show. Hello everyone, thank you so much for coming back to my podcast today. If you have been loving this podcast so far, if you could help me out by giving me a review on Apple Podcasts and giving me a rating, that will help me to continue to provide these educational episodes just for you. On today's episode, I get to interview Hope Mambo. And Hope is actually someone I grew up with in Saskatoon. And I was just so excited to see her featured in the Well Collaborative, which is a women's entrepreneur community that I'm part of in my city. And I had no idea she was working on a business and her business is called Revolve Cycle House. And she managed to open this spin studio as young as 21. So I'm so excited to share with you all today her story, her journey and get you inspired in how to really go after your dreams, even at a young age, even when the odds are against you. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. everyone and welcome to the Okiki podcast and today I'm honored to have a very special guest Hope Mambo. I'm so pumped to have her on this podcast. We actually know of each other from our hometown in church and I had no idea she was working on this project during the pandemic so I'm so excited to share her and her story and her business today. So thank you so much, Hope, for being on the podcast. (laughs) So Hope, you have a cycle studio, a Revolve Cycle House. And I just want to know, was this always something that you were passionate about? Can you give us your background, your educational story? Like, how did you actually get here? Sure. So it definitely wasn't something that I thought I would ever do in... 
I think 2017, 2018, I'm going to get my years mixed up. I actually went to school for dental hygiene in Toronto. I didn't end up finishing. There was like a lot of things that happened, but I just didn't end up finishing school. I came back to Saskatoon where I'm from and I started working retail jobs, just trying to, you know, figure out what I wanted to do next. During this time, I started going to spin classes at Ride YXE in Saskatoon and I loved it. Right away, I was like, this is so good. I love doing this. I was never somebody who went to the gym and was like lifting weights or anything like that. So when I found spin, I was like, this is something that I feel like I enjoy. It's fun, but also getting the benefits of like working out, which is what I wanted. So that would have been in November of 2018 when I started going to spin. Fast forward a year later, I had been fired from a job actually. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? And during that time, I was like not really working. And I was like, I love spin. I want to do something, but I don't know what I wanna do. And after talking to business owners, like the owner of Ride where I was going, I realized that this is something I can do. This is something that I want to do and I'm passionate about and that I feel called to do. And so in August of 2019, I opened my first location in Kindersley, Saskatchewan. Wow, that is so cool because honestly, yeah, I've seen the cycle studios in town and I feel like opening a gym is such a big step, especially for someone as young as yourself. So I'm just really amazed and astounded because it's one thing to have, you know, e-commerce and it's a total other thing to have like brick and mortar. So yeah. Do you mind telling us what was like the biggest obstacle in you launching that? And what was the scariest moment of that whole process for you? And how did you overcome it? I think the hardest part for me was believing that I could do it which is like I don't know maybe like a cliche answer but it's so easy to doubt yourself especially when you look at people who are established and what you're doing at the time I didn't really know of anybody who was just starting out like me so when you're starting and you're looking at these people who have been doing this for three or four years who are like 30 or 35 who have just lived more life than you it's hard to look at yourself I was 21 when I opened and be like, oh, I can do what all these people can do. Like, it just was hard for me to accept that like I was where I was supposed to be and I had everything that I needed to do what I was setting out to do. But I would say probably the biggest obstacle outside of just like personal things was getting funding. Just being so young and having like an unconventional business, getting banks to be on board with that is just, it's not easy. Okay. Yes. Thanks for bringing that up because you were 21 when you launched that. So ladies and gentlemen, that's huge. (laughs) And yeah. Second part, how did you get the banks on board? Because that's not an age they're probably used to seeing to launch such a big initiative. So what was even that practical process of, yeah, getting that going? And did you have any mentors or support that were willing to walk you through that process? Because you had that dream. You've seen, um, you know, people older than you be able to really establish that. So yeah, was there support along the way? And, and how was that process of getting the bank to see that they can and should invest in you?
doing, even though I didn't know what I was doing, I had to get like the best idea that I could of what it would look like going forward. So I talked to local business owners, people who are in the same industry as me and people who are outside of that. I think the biggest thing for me was just like, you don't know what you don't know. So I was like, if I talk to as many people as possible, hopefully I'll have a better idea going into like meetings. And I sat at a lot of meetings and they grill you with all these questions. And for good reason. I mean, obviously they want their money back, so they don't want to be giving loans to just anybody. But one thing that I heard often was just like, you know your stuff. And I did because I was like living and breathing what I was doing and making sure that whenever I got a chance to sit down with someone, like I mentioned Shayna from Ride, she was so gracious to sit down with me and just let me pick her brain. And like whenever you get the opportunity to sit down with somebody who is successful doing what you want to do, like take that opportunity. So that's what I did whenever I got the chance to talk to somebody who was doing what I wanted to do. I asked them as many questions as possible. And then when it moved into looking for funding, when I'm sitting down with a loan manager or whatever, when they're asking me questions, I could tell them, you know, this isn't something I've done yet, but from what I've heard from people who have been doing this for years, this is what it will look like. So eventually I found a place that was willing to help me out, but a lot of like the big banks and stuff were like, no deal. I think you talked about a few very powerful things uh, just in that statement alone, because you asked as many people as possible, not assuming you knew everything, which is amazing, getting lots of mentors. But you even went to what could be considered your competition and asked them questions, which I think is also very brave. And it's also very cool that that competition was willing to indulge your questions as well. I think that's um, very promising, I guess, of the industry is that there are people gracious enough in it to actually support each other. And yeah, maybe I'll get into that later. What is that community actually like? Uh, so then you said you put together a business plan. Was that done uh, just with you talking to mentors or was that actually done through any kind of business initiative? Like I know in Saskatchewan, we have women's entrepreneurs of Saskatchewan and like some of these other resources. Or was this literally just you and talking to people you knew to actually map out that business plan? Um, I started out by myself and then I ended up meeting with a, I guess, business advisor at West Women's Entrepreneurship of Saskatchewan and they helped me out like I said you just don't know what you don't know I didn't know what I was doing and there were so many things where it was like I don't even know what questions I should be asking so at the beginning they helped me out a lot with the business side of things and even knowing like how do you figure out how much money you actually need you know when you're going mm-hmm. into kind of stuff sometimes you feel like I need to get as much money as possible but that might not be the best thing for you so yeah as far as business planning and that kind of stuff they really helped me out with that because as much as people who were in the same field as me were willing to ask questions most people are not going to be like let me lay out my whole you know everything yeah. that I do for you so yeah yeah I think any resources like that for business are so good to use because they really are there for just that to help you out. That's so awesome. And do you mind walking us through your first opening in Kindersley? That is so cool. So what was that process like? Do you remember the first day and what steps did you take to, yeah, initiate your brand to let people know what you're about and what you're trying to offer them? Yeah, so I had started an Instagram page and a Facebook page a while in advance, like a couple months. My whole planning, like I had the idea in June and we opened, like fully opened in September. So my time was pretty short, but 
to this day, social media is the main way that I market my business. So there it was me in a small town. Like once the word gets out, it spreads pretty quickly. So I started with branding. I made my logo on Canva. It was like nothing super fancy. I just like put it together because I just tried to do my best to be as resourceful as I could. So anything I could do myself, I did. So yeah, I did all of those things. And then we did instructor training. I had to hire instructors. I didn't get the chance to meet them beforehand, which was not good. But you know what? (laughs) You learn as you go. So all of my interviews were over the phone. I built a team and then I ended up moving there about two months before we opened. We did instructor training, got everybody ready. We had an outdoor event before opening just to kind of like get buzz going and it really worked well. Like you want people to know what you're doing and if they're kind of on the fence about it to kind of feel like, oh, I might be missing out on what's going on there. So we did that before opening. There was also, I think a lot of people think it's so exciting. Like I've had people talk to me who are like, I really want to open a business because it just seems so fun. And not to be a downer, for me, it wasn't very fun. Just that like planning portion before, because there's so much to do. And like I said, I didn't really know what I was doing and just the anxiety of like, am I missing something or like, what's going to go wrong? I had a lot going on even like personally. So it just was like so much in such a short period of time and it all worked out. But the time leading up to opening was one of the hardest times in my entrepreneurship life. Just because, yeah, there's so much happening and not that it goes away when you open, but it kind of is like a little bit of a release of the tension where it's like, okay, things are actually working the way they were supposed to so I can like breathe. But yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that because entrepreneurship is, of course, both sides of the spectrum. Uh, A lot of people do see the flashy side, of course, on social media because you don't always want to show that side or is it even beneficial to your brand to show that side? But I think that is actually a very real part of entrepreneurship. I know personally, I've gained a lot from being plugged in with groups with other um, women entrepreneurs just to even vent about that or like to have a place where you can talk about that side of things and then also celebrate your wins at the same time. So it's, it's that whole journey. And yeah, I really appreciate your transparency on that. And so, yeah, it seems like you use a lot of social media, did the outdoor event, got the buzz, and then yeah, release that tension and people are experiencing your gym. And so was that like the first gym you ran for a couple of years? Is that your only gym or how are things after that? And how did you know, okay, I got something that people are really, um, you know, resonating with? Yeah, so we opened officially in September. I don't know why my months are so scrambled my head. September, October, I'm pretty sure it was September. We opened officially in 2019. So we were open for a few months. Things were going well. Lots of learning along the way, but it was good. In March of 2020, as we all know, COVID hit. And I was closed for a very long time, which I mean, obviously as everybody else, I did not see that coming. I had no plan for what would happen if for some reason we ended up in a pandemic. So that was interesting to say the least. During that time, I was thinking about how this would affect my business going forward. Being in a small town and then having to adapt to the restrictions was really difficult because 
I didn't have the space to accommodate the COVID restrictions. And so the negative effect on my bottom line was like exponential just based on my environment. So in August of 2020, I opened my second location in Camrose, Alberta, which sometimes when I say it, I'm like, wow, that's so crazy that you were in the middle of a pandemic and opened a second location. But it worked out because I had bikes that were not being used at my first location because we had to reduce the number of people in the class. I had to really adapt and I now had all these costs, but I didn't have any place to absorb them. There's no way for me to kind of increase my revenue because with the number of people I could have in a class, the more classes I had, the more it cost me because I've been paying people to teach the classes and all those kind of things. So opening a second location ended up being like the best thing for me at the time. So I opened my second location in August of 2020 and it was amazing. The people there are amazing. The, everything was great. And then in November of 2020, it became like too much. It was hard for me to manage two locations that were four hours apart. I was driving back and forth every week. It took me a long time to hire instructors in Alberta. So I was teaching five days a week, like just on all ends, it was too much. Um, One of the instructors that I had at my first location had actually wanted to take over the location and start up with her own name. So she ended up doing that in December. So I moved out of my first location. She took that one over and now I only have the location in Camrose. However, Alberta shut down basically went into lockdown, but all fitness was shut down in November of 2020 and then was allowed to open for outdoor classes more recently Then went into another lockdown. So hopefully we'll be open again in cameras, but technically for the time being, I only have one location in Alberta. Okay. Wow. That's incredible because (laughs) I just, there's so many uh, things going through my head right now because you had that location, of course, who anticipated the pandemic, probably if not one of the most or the one of the hugest obstacles for for most businesses to date. And then in the middle of that, you open another location in another province. I'm just like, wow, like that is just so interesting. And I'm assuming in that process, because you had done it before, you're probably able to pitch well again and get that one going. And so that's just really incredible. Um, It's not what you usually hear It's like if one business is you know, kind of just not at the full capacity that you start another one. And so, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting share. And then realizing managing both was just getting a bit much. And so now you're fully focused on, you know, cameras. So I guess I wanted to ask, where do you see fitness going in terms of some of these trends, especially as things start to lift up? I'm actually hopeful for you because of, you know, the reopenings with the vaccinations and things like that, that that will hopefully help bring a lot of business back in order again. So where do you see fitness going? Um, You mentioned the outdoor. So do you think that's going to become a, a big trend in this space? And yeah, what are some of the new ideas you have towards even your business, considering how much we've had to adapt and innovate in this time? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's hard to say. I've made so many predictions over the last 15 months that have just not happened. So I'm always hesitant to kind of predict what things will look like in the future. What I do know is people miss connection. And everybody gets that in different ways. But 
when I opened my second location in Camrose, I had so many people come in and tell me I haven't done anything physically since this pandemic started. And it's funny because when you come to a class, I mean, you're not talking to anybody, you're in the same room as these people, but you know, really you're in the dark, you're working as hard as you can, but you're not sitting there having these conversations, but that is such a source of connection for so many people. So I think going forward, at least in my section of what I do, group fitness, I think will always be something that people are interested in and looking for because now more than ever, people want that connection. I think the, I guess hard place that we're in right now is there's a group of people who are like I want things to be back to normal I want to go to the gym and be inches away from the person next to me and that's how I want things to be like right now and there's also a group of people who are like as much as I want to be around people again I want to go to the gym and I want to do all these things I don't know if I necessarily want to do that right now so in Alberta just this week they announced a reopening plan and according to the plan, we will be able to be fully open with no restrictions by July. You know, as a business owner, especially doing what I do, it's so exciting to think like I will be able to be where I was, but in the same breath, I don't know if everybody is ready to be there. So, you know, things like outdoor classes and spacing people out and that kind of stuff, I don't think, at least for me, that will go away in the next two months. Like, I just don't see that. But I think people want to feel cared for wherever they are spending their money. So for me, it's really thinking about how do I make sure that I have a feasible, profitable business while also making sure that the people who come feel comfortable and safe in this environment. And as much as we would like to be like, you know, as soon as they say we have the green light to just live the way that we did before, that everyone's going to feel comfortable doing that. But even for me, I don't see myself going from being so isolated to all of a sudden being with like huge groups of people. So I think for all business owners who have like brick and mortar and really interact with people on a daily basis, you have to be so intentional about rolling that out. So even though the province is deciding to do this very quick, like we're opening for me and my business, it might look a little bit different, but it's still like an exciting time because I'm hopeful for what the future will look like, but it's just hard to predict like what things are really going to be like, what people are going to be ready to do. So it's just, I guess, one of those things that you take day by day and try and figure out, like, how can I make everyone feel comfortable and safe, but also be conscious of what I need to do to support my business. That's amazing. I was going to say, too, what is the biggest impact that becoming a business owner has had on you personally in terms of your, you recognizing yourself, your personal growth? And what do you value the most about what you get to do? I think the biggest thing that I've, I guess, learned is I really struggle with boundaries. For in my first location, I was learning so much at once and learning how to manage people and be kind without being like best friends with everyone you work with is hard. And, you know, like I said, I started very young. I was like, how do you, you know, be 
assertive without being rude? How do you make sure that your vision is coming to life without trying to shut down other people? Like all of those things were things I had to learn. And I think I kind of had to learn them the hard way, which isn't always easy, but I have learned that boundaries protect me, but they also protect other people. And yeah, so I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned. But I think the what I value the most about what I get to do every day is the impact that it has on the people around me. I can't tell you how many messages I've gotten from people about how the time that they spend in our classes and our space has helped their mental health. And I think that's the hardest thing about having these closures is I totally understand, you know, what the intention is, but I also know how much isolation affects people. And I've had people be very honest and open with me about that. So knowing that you have the power to help people really you know, have these spaces in their life where they can really just be completely free to just focus on themselves, even if it's only 45 minutes, is like the greatest thing. But it's also hard, you know, figuring out like, okay, how do I still support these people when I'm not allowed to be open or um, when I'm supposed to be, you know, closed for a period of time? So yeah, I think the thing that I value the most is just the impact that I've been able to have on other people. Yeah, that's great. And a great point too, because yeah, they, they always say there's almost like this double pandemic going on. There's the actual pandemic. And then of course, the mental health impacts of the isolation, which is very real as well. And yeah, like you said, it's really cool that through your business, you're not only providing fitness and health, but you're actually providing a sense of community and a place where people can, you know, connect with other people. So that's really awesome. I guess I only have a couple more questions for you, but what would you say to a young person who's listening to this, who is saying, I just want to do what Hope did. This is so inspiring. <laughs> oh, oh, how would you guide them in that process if they were to come to you today and say, hey, like, I think I want to do what you did too. For me, so much of what I do is based on my faith. And I feel so strongly that if you are called to do something, there's grace for it and you will mess up sometimes, but there'll always be, you know, almost like buffer room, whether you believe in whatever or not, like it doesn't matter. You will know when you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing, but it's hard when people say, you know, I just want to do what you're doing because the thing about it is I don't always even want to be doing what I'm doing. You know, like there's times where things are so challenging. Like we talked about the pandemic, like there was many times during like the quarantine where I was like, why am I working for myself and dealing with all of these things when I could be working for somebody else and not worried about any of this, you know, if you do want to do this, I think that young people, all people have endless potential, but I just would caution everyone to make sure that you are operating in your purpose because in that there's so much power and like we talked about earlier not everything is what it looks like there's people who might think that you know my journey has been like so nice and so easy and it hasn't but because I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing I've been able to make it through really hard hurdles so yeah I guess my advice is just do what you're supposed to be doing and it will be all that it's supposed to be, but just be careful about idolizing other people's journey 
because I've heard someone say, you know, everyone's life is like an iceberg. You can only see the top of it, but there's so much underneath the water. You can only see the top. So it's like, if you want to do something, make sure that the reason you want to do it is deeper than what meets the eye. Because if someone told me like, I want to be a business owner because I want to make a lot of money and I want to have just like whatever schedule I want and have a bunch of time off and all these things, I'd be like, being a business owner is not what you want to do because it's not like that, you know? So yeah, I've definitely been guilty of looking at other people and being like, man, I want to do what they do. But at the end of the day, you have to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Thank you. That was such a great answer and so much wisdom in that. I think that answer was so much fuller than I actually expected it to be. So thank you for being so candid about that. And just a really strong reminder of knowing why you're doing something and not just doing it because it looks cool or because you see the success, but making sure you're, <laughs> you really understand why, because like you said, that's kind of what gets you through those times where you're like, this isn't even, is this worth it right now? I'm not sure. And like, you can't really do that if you didn't have a passion beyond the business itself to begin with. Yeah. So thanks, Hope. Honestly, um, this has been really insightful and really cool. And I'm just so proud of you and, and so excited hearing just all the processes you went through and how mature and just put together you you have become just, yeah, just knowing you growing up together. Um, and I just wanted to give this chance to you to share. Is, is there anything upcoming that you have that you'd like our audience to know about? So uh, we will be in Camrose doing our outdoor rides very soon. So that's very exciting. If you're in the Camrose area, definitely check us out. Otherwise, you can follow along with us on Instagram. It's at Revolve Cycle House if you want to see what we're up to. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much again, Hope, for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey and your wisdom with our audience today. Yes, no problem. Thank you for having me on. This was so fun. <laughs>